Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead on the Kilmore. Crone draws clear now from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beats Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashmore and as always, joined by Nick Highland. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good week of racing. Doncaster, big one. Um, talking about it before, off camera. So, um, yeah, it looks like a really good weekend. Yes, of course. The Championships Day 1. It uh, really peaks now, the Autumn Carnival. We've got three episodes left. Of course, we've got uh, Championships Day 1, Championships Day 2 next week, and then All-Age Stakes Day to finish it off. The big end of the Autumn Carnival here at Randwick. It's basically, if you don't know what the Championships is, punters, it is a two-week period where it's the grand finals for the Autumn Carnival. All the horses that have been building into their prep, the whole carnival, are basically coming to their grand final day. The, the race that they've been set for, it's their day to shine, and that's why they're, it's just it's one of the hardest two-week periods to uh, get a winner because literally it's all their horse, all the horses are ready to peak, they're ready to fire, and they're all chomping at the bit to absolutely get it done. And it, you know, so it's the, it produces some of the best racing. Of course, Nick just mentioned you've got the Doncaster as the big highlight. Uh, you've also got three other Group One races and plenty of featured races throughout the day that we're, of course we're going to discuss. But before that. Nick, last week, called off after three races. What did you think of that? Yeah, um, I said to my to my mates in the in the cricket team, I give them a shout-out on the podcast because um, we were quite similar. We had our grand final on the weekend that ended up getting uh, called off. And, yeah, we um, headed to the pub and it was a big night on the red wine. So shout-out to the boys. I know they'll be listening. Um, but, yeah. Not too good to see Rose Hill abandoned after three races. Um, like, look, I always, I'm surprised Rose Hill held up as long as it did. Uh, it's well known that it's not as good as Randwick. If that was on the Randwick, they would have gotten through the whole card because Randwick's training was much better, and we saw them get through a whole card in much worse conditions about a month ago when we thought, no way, it's getting through, and... Saturday Metro meets because of the quality of the course and how much it's gotten better in the last few years. Um, how do you like the move to Newcastle and how it all played out on a Monday, group run racing on a Monday? Oh, I made a Monday a bit more interesting, I guess. No one likes Mondays after the weekend ends, and yeah, it would have made it a bit more enjoyable. So, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, true. I, I mean, I liked it and didn't like it at the same time. I liked the fact that they moved it and got it done really quick because it needed to be done to get those lead-up races for the championships. Otherwise, we would have to see what happened last year, and that's the whole carnival move back a week, um, which is just a logistical nightmare in itself. But I don't know. I liked the fact, you know, that it gave some recognition to Newcastle. It showed off how good they are to recover. You know, while Rose Hill was still heavy 15, Newcastle was able to get down to a soft six, I think, on the day, which is just fantastic and made for some great racing. Uh, but I didn't like the fact that they had to bring down the distances for some races. They brought the, some of the 2,000 metre races down to 1850, which only decreased the quality of the race, but also meant that uh, the horses that are backing up this week are now going up almost 600 metres instead of the original 400 metres, which I think will come into play with their preps. Um... And I mean, as an owner of the horses, I'd be, I'd, I wouldn't be happy, honestly. Like, I'd be happy to see them get the run. But you know, when you've got mudlarks that were entered in those races purely thinking they were going to be running on a Rose Hill 
um, heavy 10, then they get moved up the highway to Newcastle and race on a soft six. It just fell in the lap of some other horses that weren't going to feature. You know what I mean? Like, you know, do us, for example, outstanding run in the Tancred and congratulations to it. It was a training, uh, training from, um, I don't even know what the word is, just good training from the trainers to be able to prep it so well. This entire prep, uh, came out and gave the perfect run from the back, stormed down the outside. But in my opinion, gives that same run on the bottomless 10 that is Rose Hill on that Saturday would have come about dead last because it gave them such a big start. And to be able to, of course, to be able to make up that start and run over the top of them and win so impressively is fantastic. She's become now the second best mare in the country behind Very Elegant. But just the difference is same run on a bottomless 10 at Rose Hill completely different race and would have come about dead last because she gave him such a big start would not have been able to make that up and so you know the owners of horses such as think it over and spanish mission who also both got really checked going around the corner um i wouldn't be happy if i was them i would you know be i would feel hard done by but it is what it is racing's racing weather is weather I think New South Wales Racing did a really good job of getting the meat out as quick as they did, but that's the only qualms that I have with it, the fact that they had to decrease some of the races and the whole the whole landscape really changed with the move of tracks and moving in different weather conditions. But other than that, Nick, do you want to touch on anything before we head into the rundown? No, nah, man, I'm easy. Straight into it. Okay, let's head straight into the Randwick Rundown. Attention punters, we have exciting news. Yes, we do. We are now on Dabble. Dabble is an Aussie-owned bookie that is absolutely changing the game of gambling. Any bets that we mention in this podcast, you can use their unique system of the copy bet feature to put the bet on yourselves with no time wasted. That's exactly right, Nico. We do the research for you, punters. We build the multis, and with the press of a single button, you can put our bets straight on. It's that easy. So you can go on the Dabble app and follow us at the Mock Sports and start winning with us this sporting season. Click the link in the show notes when signing up. Use the code the Mock Sports to let them know that we sent you. All right, track report punters. As we mentioned, Championships Day 1, grand final day for a lot of horses. Track is going to be heavy 10 at Randwick. Rail in the true position. Backmarkers and leaders should have a pretty equal advantage track-wise, but our backmarkers will not want to be giving too big of a head start to the leaders going into that straight as it might be difficult to get through the slosh. As I mentioned, um, that's just the difference when it comes to heavy 10s and soft tracks. Backmarkers have difficulty making up anything more than about six, seven lengths. So if you hear the caller call out that they're 10 lengths off, start to get worried. Um, head into it, race one. The two-year-olds, always really hard. These were the ones that weren't really good enough to make the slipper. Um, but they get their own group one here. So it'll be always interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, not group one, sorry. Uh, just a group race in general. Um, uh, I'm going to be going Ginger's Gow. Should know by now, punters, that I love to get sucked into two-year-olds with good trial form, and it doesn't get much better than this. Four trials, four wins. If it gets clear in the run, should at least fight to the finish, you'd think. $8.50 to win, $2.60 to place. Anyway, on... Ginger's gout for me, the unraced Bjorn Baker horse. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, I don't mind the number five, Voldemort. Um, good name for that. Um, <laughs> Great name. Yeah, it's uh, paying $5 for the win, $1.85 for a place. So 
go on the nose for that one. Um, had a good win over at Scone, just by under a length, um, just by a nose at one by in the thousand meters. So um, hit the line pretty well. So I reckon the extra hundred meters should should go too well for it. So yeah, that'll be my tip for the first. Heading to the second, sixteen hundred meters, the Fujitsu Carbine Club Stakes. Um, with a couple, the first couple of horses here in the field seem pretty good. You've got Flying Crazy, Jalmari, and Straight Aaron. Um, Straight Aaron, current favorite, second place last start, came second by just under a length to Lock Eagle, and then came second in a trial just behind um, Imaging, sorry, and then won by just under a length to the Economist last start. So, yeah, deserved favorite there, J-Mac on board. Um, but, yeah, my tip for this one's going to be Flying Crazy. I really liked its its prep, preparation coming into this one. Um, should be pretty fresh for it, and um, although it hasn't looked too well on the on the wetter tracks, um, overall I think will be a pretty good horse, and hopefully can can get it done for us in the second. Yeah, fair enough. I like the fact that you've gone flying crazy there because I do know the owners, and they were stoked with its run in the Canberra Guineas. But as you mentioned, it might be a bit of a query on the heavy track. Hasn't seen it yet, but if it gets through it, can definitely be flashing late. Um, I'm going to be straight to the point with my one. I'm on uh, Jal Mari. I think has the form to win this. Finished really, really strongly last start with the best final 200 of the race. And that was behind Ellsberg and Just Falk. And they are two horses that are running in the Doncaster later in the day. And they're serious challenges in my mind. So I think that reads really, really well. So I think that might carry it a long way at $5.50 to win, $1.75 to place. Each way if it gets over the $2, but for now it's just a win bet for Cashy on Jalmari in the second. Uh, we move to race three at the 2,000 metre mark. I'm divine to head for the lead, closely followed by Summerbeal and Profits Pride by the look of the speed map. Uh, again, I'll be straight to the point. Don't want to beat around the bush today with uh, so much to discuss in the tip-off. I'm going to be with Achira. If the name sounds familiar, it's because it's the horse that won the midway on Slipper Day. Yes, that Slipper, the race that Hyla desired, was supposed to win, but unfortunately came almost dead last. Uh, it's it's raced out of its depth its entire career. You go back, it's been racing in a lot of group races, but it just definitely isn't that sort of a horse quite yet. It dropped back the midway, got the job done, back to its grade um, that it should have been in the entire time. Now it gets to uh, step back up in grade and see how it goes, and I think that the last start will have really helped it. Further 500 metres seems an ideal move for me. Clearly gets it done in the wet after getting it done in a slipper day. $12 to win, $3.80 to play seems a good each-way play in the third. Yeah, mate, I uh, don't mind that one either, to be honest, but um, I'm going to go with my boy. It's actually a bit of a roughie here. It's actually it's it's one of my roughest ones I reckon I've ever tipped on this podcast, and you can even go for it just for a place. It's great mystery paying sixty seven dollars and seventeen dollars for a place. Oh my! Uh, in race three, really really liking it to be honest. Um, one last start over at Canterbury, the two thousand meter on the wet track by zero point two lengths. Um, might be out of it to be honest, but I reckon it's a it's a lot over. I reckon it could be starting about half half of the price. So. Great mystery for me in race three, uh, $67 and $17 for an absolute roughie. Well, to be fair, you did get the uh, the placing on Art Cadeau. We did manage. If we, I almost thought it was going to win, and I thought we were going to get a $41 tip up. That was going to be exciting. But uh, 
Gee, rough in the third, Nick. Who have you got in the fourth? Uh, getting to the fourth at the 2,600 metres, Schweppes Chairman's quality. I'm going to be pretty simple here. Really liking Stockman at the moment. Um, raced pretty well on Monday. Um, coming second behind Duas, like you said, Duas is on fire right now. I think $8 for this horse is, is way overs for backing up after one week and um, yeah, just proved that it, it can get it done on the wet track at $8 is one of my best tips of the day, I reckon. So Stockman for me in the fourth. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I've, I've mentioned many times throughout this carnival, I really like the week to um the seven-day backup, and now for this horse, it's going to be a six-day backup because they just know how to get it done on these bottomless tracks. They have the experience over the other horses that are coming in three, four weeks in between runs. They've done it the week prior. They can do it again, and I like your tip on Stockman there, but I just can't get off Chalk Stream. Um, uh, Wally European Import, we've talked many times before, um, has been absolutely brilliant, both Aussie starts. I think uh, the first up was great despite being swoop late and really fading. Then came out on uh, Sipper Day and had a great run despite being three wide no cover. Most of the trip still battled on to finish close to the Quinella pack of no compromise and sure fire. I think the extra 200 here and with some cover in the one, the run can win this one easily at $4, I think. So chalk stream for me. Uh, Barry Ridden, Waller trained, first barrier. Hopefully shouldn't get too far back in the run. And yeah, can definitely run over the top of them. So that's me for the fourth. Very nice. Uh, we move on to the country championships final, the ho- the race that made Art Cadeau last year. Uh, we mentioned Art Cadeau just earlier. Yes, uh, and a similar star-making performance awaits the winner this year. Great buy to try and set the pace from the second barrier. I can't see it winning, however, and that's why the market has it at $51. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, Zoo Station, Annette Hole, Testator Silence, and Edit are all highway veterans and will take the experience of racing in the city in their strides and put them all at an advantage here. So I think I would respect a bet on any of them. Uh, another one is a, was the runner-up last year's championship and could make up for that with a win here, especially after a recent seven-length trial win. However, I'm going to be on one of the horses that I mentioned is uh, very experienced at running in the city now, and that's Testator Silence. Won two highways straight narrowly before winning his qualifier even narrower. You know, some people might like um, might not like the fact that those were really narrow victories and it only stuck its nose in right at the end there, but to me, that shows that he just knows how to get shit done and can get a fourth straight win here for sure and a big payday to boot. We'll happily take a play at $8.50 a win and $2.90 to place on Testator Silence in the country championships. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, like you said, another one, uh, $9.50, won a trial by seven lengths. Absolutely dominated. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, can't be passed up. When you get a trial like that, you gotta you got to respect it. So another one for me in the big one for the fifth. So as we head on into the six, mate, the English... Ah, the, 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 the six to nine's the tip-off, Nicholas. So oh, please wow. take us straight to race 10. Four B group ones to discuss later on. No worries. Head straight to race 10 at the 1,200 metres. The China Horse Club, PJ Bellstakes. What a name. Oh, my goodness. This is a tough one here. Um, going through it, and there's only one horse that's really coming straight to my head. So it's going to be Gimme Par. $9.50 for the win and $3.10 for a place. Do not mind it at all, to be honest. And, yeah, it's we followed it very closely. Third place, last start over at Flankton, coming back up into Randwick. Um, looking pretty nice for me, so Gimme Par is the one I want. 
Yep, fair enough. I'm glad you covered our ass. Of course, it's in our Mock Sports Black Book, so I'm glad one of us tipped it because I'm jumping off it onto Zapateo. Uh, has the elite form behind Mazu, which I think carries him a long way here, should set himself at the top of the midfield and absolutely storm past them in the final 400, like it attempted to do last start behind Mazu, but couldn't get past him, which is fair enough. Um, $8 to win, $2.80 to place each way on Zapoteo in the last. Yeah, will be for cashing in the get-out stakes. Um, other than that, of course, we've got four big races to discuss in the tip-off, so let's head straight there. Alright punters, the great tip off, as we said, we've got three weeks left for this podcast and that is three weeks for Nicholas to uh, catch up by six points and I think these two weeks, the championship weeks are going to be, the, the tip off's going to be won or lost in these two weeks. We've got big, big races, plenty of opportunity for either of us to fumble the bag or do a big comeback, especially after Nick scraped three points off me with that outstanding September run tip last Friday night, Nico. Yeah, that was big. It wasn't the only thing we were worrying about on Friday night, that's for sure. But um, but yeah, <laughs> going to be a, a good weekend of four group ones. So yeah, let's get straight into it. Yes, let's head to race six at Randwick is the ATC size produce for the two-year-olds. Yeah, tough one for me. Always going to be a tough one for the for the two-year-olds, does Fireburn break the curse, the the beloved curse that um that follows all the flipper winners? Who knows? It's paying two dollars forty-five. I'd like to see that market get up a bit, give it a bit a bit more price. But um, just just purely based off the what's happened in the past. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Fireburn here. Just an absolute perfect run it was, and it was. One of the better slipper wins I've ever seen, to be honest. Not that I've seen too, too many, but um, it was definitely <laughs> up there. So, fire burn for me, $2.45 for my first one in the tip-off. Yeah, fair enough. I don't blame you. I was looking at fire burn. Clearly the best horse in the race. It's the slipper winner, so duh. But, uh, yeah, I, the slipper curse just really scares me. I think it's, what, 10 out of the last 12 have never gone on to win another race, which is just... Just shocking when you think about it, but like you know, they, I think I, I tailor it much to you and I, Nicholas, in our footballing careers. You know, the, the slipper winners uh, like Cashy when he was young, a 13, 14 year old going out there and getting 40 touches for fun. Then he uh, turns 18 and realizes, oh no, I'm a bit shit. And uh, Nicholas Highland puts a bit of muscle on, grows a bit more, and then takes him over and he starts going out and getting 30 touches for fun while Cashy uh, lonely sits on the bench and gets maybe one or two if he uh, if he's lucky. But I think, I don't know, I hope it doesn't happen to Fireburn, but just on that alone, I, I can't jump back on until uh, I see her actually win another race. So instead, I'm going to be going with the Melbourne Import. And like I said last week, I uh, don't really like Melbourne Imports at the moment because they don't have experience on bottomless tracks, but this one does. Let's roll the dice. Uh, started at Bendigo, first start of its career, and it was a heavy nine, so we know that it can get it done in the heavy conditions, and that's the only thing that's really convinced me that it will get through the track conditions. Also has Damian Lane on board, Premier Mary, Melbourne jockey coming down to stick with it. Um... Won the VRC size, so it won the Victorian version of this race down at Flemington. Um, 
and it was a really impressive race for my mind. So he's definitely ticked that wet track box, ticks the fact that he can get it done in his own age group in a big race like this where all the best from his age group and this sort of benchmark gets together and has a go. So I think let's roll the dice. If it uh, doesn't give the leaders that big of a start, can definitely flash past them in the final 400. So let's roll the dice for Cashy in the ATC size. Um, Nico will head on to race seven, the Australian Dubby. Uh, of course, you know, the Sydney sort of version of the uh, Victorian Derby that was, of course, won by Hitotsu in the spring, and Hitotsu lines up again as the favourite. Have you gone with the favourite, or are you going against it? Going against it here. Um, I don't mind Regal Lion with J Mac on board. Five dollars fifty for the win. Um, just just looking for that that win. It's an overseas horse that's come over, raced um, on Monday, and came second. Um, but yeah, it's just looking looking for a win over here in Australia, and. Um, yeah, coming from New Zealand, so it's used to those softer tracks. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be Regal Lion, $5.50 for the win. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I'm going to have to be on my old favourite in Forgot You, a horse that I thought was going to maybe get a cheeky run in the Melbourne Cup last year, but that was always wishful thinking. I think it might be one that gets a run this year if it definitely puts in a good show. In this one, um, yeah, 2,400 is definitely at sort of distance. This horse is a stayer. You don't want this horse at the mile. Um, and that's why he was never a factor behind the likes of um, Animo and Converge in the Rose Hill Guineas. Course came third, but never was going to beat him. Was it 2,000 metres? Was lacking that extra four, um, 400 that it would have gotten. Same goes for the Australian Guineas. Flashed really, really late behind Hitotsu Lightsaber and Bonza Perla. Three good horses in their own right. Of course, we spoke about how good Hitotsu is, but didn't have that extra 800 that he's going to have now. So um, it's had uh, five runs in the wet. Two have been for a win. Uh, two of them have also been third placings and then one completely out of the placing. So we know it gets through the wet. Um, Premier jockey from Melbourne, Mark Zara, sticks on it. He's coming down to ride it. He's uh, ridden it for some very successive rides. But, uh, yeah, that's that's. there's not much else, much else to say about it. The form speaks for itself. I think you saw what this horse could do in the spring. It did fail in the VRC derby, but I think that's just because it was absolutely busted from all those runs prior. I think it comes in here. I believe it's fourth up. Definitely ready to peak. Grand final day for Forgot You, as it is for many horses, whereas Hitotsu is only going in second up. I think Forgot You is much better suited to this one, and hence I'll be on it. Um, okay, TJ Smith. This one's going to be interesting. Race 8, the sprint, the premier sprint of the autumn. He's still on the board with Nature Strip, Nick. Of course, mate. Got to be the best sprinter in Australia, if not the world. It's going to bounce back. Um, I'm I'm not surprised. You can never ride off a champion horse, and um, as soon as you do, it's going to come back and and win. Um, just hasn't been hasn't just looked its best, but it's going to be peaking for this one. And overall, as long as as long as it gets a good prep coming into it, which it has, um, I'm really confident that the outside barrier, J Mac will take take him straight to the front. And um, yeah, overall, Nature Strip should absolutely dominate this one, I'd say. So $2.80 for the win. Not too much of a play, but um, for the tip-off, I'll take him straight away. Best sprinter in Australia. How dare you, Nicholas? Because it's racing against Shelby 66. And I think we've seen in the, uh, the last month and a half, Shelby 66 is Australia's premier sprinter. Get it in the Everest. I love this thing. No way. Um, <laughs> 
You're oh my god! Runner doesn't mean you're the best sprinter. It means you're best wet runner. Yeah, I know. The only reason that I'm getting on it is because it's going to be a heavy ten. We know it's going to be wet. I think if it was on a good track, it would be very much a different race. But uh, yeah, you just can't. It's the party boy, Nicholas. He just keeps going and going and going, and you think he's got nothing left, but he just wins. You know, last time he was here at Randwick, he raced against Nature Strip and Eduardo. He passed Nature Strip in the straight. Nature Strip had nothing left, whereas Shelby 66 kept on going and almost beat Eduardo. And that is what dreams are made of. And you know what? I just can't jump off the dream. You know, Shelby 66 is just biggest story in racing this year. And if it gets up on Saturday, it just... Hats off to it. it. It's literally taken Danny Williams, the trainer, his stable out of almost being bankrupt. It saved the stable. His owners have gone from rags to riches. It's just such an inspirational story. And the fact that it's a red, cro- red hot cracking chance in the TJ Smith just gets me so excited. It's been back straight away from $8 when it opened into $5 to win $1.60. The market seems to love it. Even though it's out there in the 10th barrier, Nature Strip's in the 11th one, so it's going to be racing right next to it. So it can definitely hop behind it in its pocket, pop out in that final 200 and flash late like we've seen it do every start in the last five weeks. Tommy Berry knows how to get it done. He'll give it an absolute peach. And the fact that he's jumped off Mars Crusader to get on Shelby 66, I think that's a massive telling point for just how good the uh, the jockey room thinks this horse is. If Tommy Berry is able to jump off a red hot, um, a red hot Everest runner-up in Mars Crusader onto Shelby 66, that's all I... That's the uh, even more confidence to add. So maybe I'm an idiot, but... Shelby 66 for me in the tip-off, honestly. I think the the race is going to play out just like that challenge stakes. Whoever leads going around that bend between Eduardo and Nature Strip is going to be first cross the post between them. But I think that Shelby 66, if he sits close enough to him, could definitely maybe even run over the top of them and get up by a nose. But I think the big watch for this race, punters, is Nature Strip and Eduardo, who's leading between the two going around the bend, because that could be the big telling point, as it normally is for them. But uh, we'll get onto it. Doncaster, we discussed earlier, it is just an incredible race, top to bottom. It's going to be impossible to find a winner, let alone pick four horses to go in the quaddy. Nick, who have you got in line? Oh, mate, this one, I could, I could look at every horse in this race, and it's probably going to be my favourite race of the day um won't be getting to watch this one um because i'm pretty sure we'll be at work or something else or who knows what's going on so um i might miss it live but i'll be definitely tuning in if i can um but i'm gonna stick with my man i'm thunderstruck i think he's just getting he's improving as he as he keeps on racing um the only one that really worries me is forbidden love who is an absolute wet track runner who loves it at the moment um five wins from six on the heavy track and three in a row so forbidden love um maybe a good play but i'm thunderstruck it's just a dominant horse that it's another one champion horse that can't be counted out got to give it a chance here so i'm the thunderstruck for me 
yeah, don't blame you. Like you said, you could literally look at any horse and make a case for it. I'm Thunderstruck, Private Eye is one that I'm normally on, but out at the 22nd barrier, I'm not loving that, but I still wouldn't be shocked if it gets up. Same goes for Lighthouse out in the 23rd. Law of Indices is a good horse, will probably flash late, as will Inspirational Girl. Uh, Ice Bath, Hungry Heart, we all know what they can do when they turn up. Skylab at $91. Probably doesn't win, but geez, $91 for a horse like that that we all know can come out and upset on its day. Geez. Halal at 67, if I'm going off overs. Brutality at 34. Uh, Just Folk at 23. Mr. Brightside at 17. Converge at over $10. It's just ridiculous value in this race, and that's why I'm going for a value play. I'm I'm sticking away from Forbidden Love and I'm Thunderstruck, even though they are the two best horses in the race at $4.60 and $5 individually. They probably are the winners. But the fact that I got on at Ellsberg at $81 and now it's into $15, i am very confident. It's a horse that loves Ranwick, so the tick goes there. It's a horse that loves the heavy track, another tick that goes there. It's a horse that likes to get to the front and hold them off. He's going to be the one that they're going to have to run down with, along with probably Converge and Forbidden Love. I think those three go to the front, and they're going to have to make pe um, people, horses, I always say that, horses such as I'm Thunderstruck really put in a gut-busting effort to run them down late, and they might not even be able to. So that's why I'm going to be on Ellsberg. He's going to be one that's right at the top that they're going to need to run down. Um, Timmy Clark on board knows how to get it done on this horse. The only query is it's had three runs at this distance, but it's gone two for second and one for third, but they've all been narrow. He knows how to run out this distance. He's only been pipped on the line every time he's been out this distance and lost. So I think if he can get around that corner in the top three of the run, and really sustain it, and Tim Clark really presses that button going down the last 400, he could take it all the way and make me a lot of money. So Ellsberg in the Doncaster is a bit of a roughy shot for Cashy. Um, all right, around the grounds, Nick, have you found anything? Um, I believe there is a couple. Um, I'll bring it up now. Do you want to go through yours first? Uh, yes, I'll quickly go through it. Bendigo, race five, Surly Miss for 20 dollar uh $420, $4.20, Bendigo Race 9, Corner Pocket at a dollar three dollars twenty, and Eagle Farm Race 9, new arrangement at I believe about $14. And around the grounds, talking about Queensland has just reminded me. Should have uh said it earlier. Tearful goodbye. Getting emotional thinking about it, Nick. Our girl Crone. She's 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 back to the retirement paddock. Oh. Yeah, it's sad. How sad is it? We didn't we didn't touch on it earlier on. Um, Crone, obviously in our intro, one of um my favourite horses in the Coolmore win. Um, twenty five dollar tip that was. I remember last year, in the in the Coolmore. Um, but yeah, also another one to touch on. Libertini passing away in the week as well that we didn't mention. Yes. Um, sad, sad horse. Um, won a couple of good races there as well. But, I believe um, was supposed to be lining up this week as well. It was in preparation for the TJ and got struck down just a week prior. So very sad. Yeah, 100%. Now, anyway, back to around the grounds for me. Um, Remark, race four, Bendigo, $3.90. Um, Lombardo, Morphville, race eight, $2.70. And then there's one, uh, two more, sorry. Bendigo, race nine, AIM, $21 for the win and $6 for a place. And then Starler over at Eagle Farm, race nine, $12 for a win, $3.70 for a place. So that's me around the ground, mate. Fair enough. We could have a couple of Quinellas there with both uh, going against each other in race nine. Gee, you really like AIM. 
You're really sticking on the aim train. 100%, mate. Oh, well, fair enough. Okay, that moves us on to the quaddy. Uh, like we mentioned, it's probably, I think it's the hardest quaddy we've had to pick because traditionally we only like to pick four, maximum five horses in each race to try and keep it as skinny as possible to make the profit as large as possible from a small stake uh, for your punters. But yeah, probably the hardest one we've had to pick all autumn. So Nick, who have we got in the first couple? Race 7, got Forgot You, Hitotsu, Regal, Lion, and War Eternal. Race 8, Shelby 66, Eduardo, The Strip, and Mask Crusader. Race 9, Ellsberg, Forbidden Love, I'm Thunderstruck, and Ice Bath. R- race 10, we got Mimi, Legade, Zapatillo, Heresy, and Gimme Par, and $50 is 19.5%. Yeah, very, very difficult, especially those four that we picked for the Doncaster. Ellsberg, Forbidden Love, I'm Thunderstruck, Ice Bath. You'd literally, I'd be, I'd be going field. If you've got the money to cover that many combos, I'd be going field in the Doncaster because it's just... Maybe not field, but all a good yeah, one. But you could pick at least eight to be going in your quaddies if you have the money to be covering the combos. But we've gone four out there. We think those are four best ones to get up there. Um, anything to say to the punters before we sign off for this week, Nick? Uh, nothing else from me, lads. Um, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Hope it's hope it's a beauty. Um, have a good one, guys. Yes, uh, have nothing else to say as well, except uh, make sure to enjoy the championships over the next two weeks. We'll be covering it all on the Quaddy Potty here on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Follow to make sure you don't miss out. And as always, gamble responsibly.